1: The Bible says in Matthew 5 6 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled Jesus was saying to the audience that day I know you're hungry I know you've experienced what it means I know that you can hardly get by on three cents a day but all of that hungering and thirsting that you do for physical food Jesus says far more than that Your hunger and your thirst should be after the things of God, and in that you'll find true blessing, Jesus is telling his audience that day.
0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God? And where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's Word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us
2: today.
1: Our text today, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, has to do with something that we all enjoy, which is eating and drinking. But as we've seen, as we've been going through the Beatitudes, that Jesus, when he talks, he's turning our world upside down. He is explaining the new guidelines for the new kingdom. These people had been living according to the Old Testament and the old system, and now it's the new way of life. Now, if I were to ask you this morning, right now, have you ever been hungry? have you ever been thirsty it would be my guess that every single person in this room would raise your hand now when Jesus talked about hunger and thirst this is my opinion most of you think that you know what he's talking about but it's my opinion that none of you know what he's talking about and that's why I'm glad you came to church today there's four things that you've got to understand number one He's talking spiritually, not physically. That's the first mistake we make. He's talking spiritually, not physically. This beatitude is not talking about physical appetite or physical satisfaction. He's talking spiritual appetite, hungering for the things of God. But he's also talking about a spiritual satisfaction where God fills the longing of your heart. Mother Teresa said these words. She said, people in India are physically hungry, but people in America are spiritually hungry. And then she went on to say this, that people in India are actually better off than the people in America, because at least the people in India know what they're starving for. They they know their need. They need food. While Americans, on the other hand, they don't even realize because they are so well off physically, they don't even realize that they're starving spiritually because we think that money satisfies. We think that fame and fortune satisfy. Now I've got a couple of points uh, underneath this first point. And first of all, the first symptoms of sickness is loss of appetite. You can tell that some of us haven't been sick much amen if you're sick physically you get a temperature a headache a body ache you get to a point where you don't have an appetite you actually lose weight when you get sick sometimes and sometimes even the thought of food makes you even sicker and it's just as true spiritually when you lose your appetite for the things of God it means that you are spiritually sick Now, I know we have a full house here today, but you know we have a lot of people that skip church. Just like every, they come like every other Sunday and they just skip church all the time. And if you skip church all the time, it is a symptom that you are not hungering and thirsting for the things of God. It's a sign that spiritually things are not right. Now, you won't miss a meal. (laughs) I'm not going every I'm, I'm eating three times a day, I'm telling you. If you start skipping church, if you neglect your Bible, if you neglect your prayer life, if you neglect that time where you're spending more time watching television than you are uh, talking with God, uh, all all of that is is a sign that something is wrong somewhere spiritually in your life because a lack of appetite for the things of God is a symptom of spiritual sickness. Now the second thing, write this down up underneath that first point. Satan will always tempt you physically to distract you spiritually and maybe even to defeat you spiritually. Now, ladies, I think you know this, but men, we struggle with lust. We see a beautiful woman and we begin to have lustful thoughts. Ladies, I don't want to offend you, but we can lust after a car. We see a car, oh, I like that car. We can lust after someone else's job. And what Satan does, because we're supposed to have a relationship with God, he throws all this physical stuff out in front of us it's not that he's trying to get us necessarily to engage uh, because uh, that's what his goal is. His goal is to distract our walk with God. That's what his goal is. And then he will hurt you. He'll actually hurt your body physically. You can actually get sick physically. Or maybe, maybe you're in a situation where you have been abused or you are in bondage. And physically you are, you are tied to things in your past and all of that i believe is an attack by satan to destroy you spiritually in your relationship with god it's exactly what he did to adam and eve how did he tempt them with a great big red juicy apple how did he tempt samson with a beautiful woman how did he tempt david with a beautiful woman how did he tempt ananias and sapphira with the almighty money how did he distract peter Peter was actually walking on the water supernaturally towards Jesus until the storm came up. He took his eyes off of the Lord and the storm got him distracted and all of a sudden he started to sink. And some of you, this very moment, you're going through a very difficult time. You're going through your own storm. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe the storm is there. Satan is trying to distract you from keeping your eyes and your focus and your attention on Jesus Christ. Did you know that even Satan took Jesus up on a high mountain and told Jesus, Uh, who's the son of god he said he showed jesus the kingdoms of the world and he said to jesus i'll give you the kingdoms of the world even satan tempted jesus with the physical and so when you see this beatitude I, I, i know it appears that he's talking about physically hungering and thirsting but he's not talking about physical he's talking about spiritually hungering and spiritually thirsting number two in your outline he's talking starvation not hunger pain And this is why I don't think anyone in this room can even relate to what I'm talking about. But I'm not talking about, I think I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat. It takes you an hour. Just decide where you want to eat. That's not what Jesus is talking about. I want you to write this down. Jesus is talking about perpetual hunger. Perpetual hunger. He's talking about you have absolutely nothing to eat. And not only do you have nothing to eat, there's no hope of finding food. That you are absolutely famished, that you cannot even find a crumb to eat. That's the word in the Greek for hunger. It's not like, I'm hungry, I think I'll go get something to eat. It's that you're famished. So when I say to you, I think, hey, I understand uh, hunger and thirst. uh, After I, I think I know what Jesus is talking about. You have no clue to what Jesus is talking about thirst is not talking about oh i'm getting thirsty i think i'll run over here to starbucks and get me a venti sugar-free non-fat vanilla soy double shot decaf no foam extra hot peppermint white chocolate mocha with light whip and extra syrup which is a drink that you can actually order (laughs) jesus isn't talking about that thirst here in the in the greek it means perpetual thirst It refers to people who are so desperate that they need to drink, but there's nothing to drink. Jesus wants us to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Most of us can't relate to that. You see, the day that Jesus preached, the average daily income was three cents per day. And even that was being taxed. It's why when you read the story in the Bible of Jesus feeding the 5,000, no one had any food. Could never figure that out. Why come they don't have food? Because they they didn't have much. And the only food they could find was one boy and the whole crowd of 5,000. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus was saying to the audience that day, I know you're hungry. I know you've experienced what it means. I know that you can hardly get by on three cents a day. But all of that hungering and thirsting that you do for physical food, Jesus says, far more than that, your hunger and your thirst should be after the things of God. And in that, you'll find true blessing. Jesus is telling his audience that day. Number three, he's talking about righteousness. Yes, he is. But he's also talking about relationships. So i want to explain this to you when jesus said blessed are those who hunger and thirst i think we've established he's talking about this perpetual hunger perpetual thirst that you are to hunger and thirst for righteousness now there's a theological debate what is jesus talking about when he says righteousness what does that word mean well there's several types of righteousness there's one what we call positionally righteous that's where It refers to our relationship based on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. I will tell you right now that I am not a very righteous person, but positionally I am. Because whenever a sinner repents and turns their life over to God, positionally they are righteous. God sees you as righteous through what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. The second type of righteousness is public righteousness. That refers to what's going on in the nation around us. There's a third kind of righteousness, though. And the third is what's called pure righteousness or purity righteousness. And that refers to an individual Christian living a holy life, a life free from the power of sin, Free from addiction, free from bondage, free from doubt, free from bitterness. Now, the question is this. Is Jesus talking about positional righteousness when he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness? Is he talking about positional righteousness? Is he talking about public righteousness? Or is he talking about purity righteousness? Which is he talking? My answer to that is partially yes, yes, and yes. But there's a fourth. But before I tell you what it is, I want you to look at the text, because the text interprets the text. Skip down to verse 10. There's two verses. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of what? Because of righteousness. Now, now stay with me. Matthew 5, 6, he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness So we're talking about righteousness. And right now, at this point in the sermon, we're trying to define what does it mean to be righteous? Well, whatever that definition is, whatever it is, when you get down to verse 10, there's people who are being persecuted because of it. All right? So we have a little connection. He's still talking. In verse 11, I believe you see what he's talking about. Because he says in verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of... Because of me. And so the reason Christians are being persecuted is because they are identifying themselves with Jesus. So the fourth one is personal righteousness. It's the righteousness that comes from having a right relationship with Jesus. I hope you understand that. Blessed are those, Matthew 5, 6, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's talking about those who hunger and thirst to have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. More than anything in this world, the one desire that you have is to have a right relationship with the person of Jesus. And what will happen to you, Roman numeral number four? He says, you will be filled. What does it mean to be filled? He's talking about complete satisfaction, not insatiable appetites. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. What does that word filled mean? It means complete satisfaction, not insatiable appetites. Did you know just about everything that we do, it, we, like, like we eat, we want to eat something, Maybe it might be the gas in your gas tank. You fill it up. You feel pretty good there. I got a full tank of gas. And one week later, it's empty. You reach out and you engage in some sin. And you think that this sin is going to bring you happiness. You really do. That's why you commit the sin. You think, this is what I need. And so you commit the sin. And the very next morning, you have the same emptiness you had before you committed the sin. Because those appetites are never satisfied. Because the things of this world do not satisfy it might be a relationship it could be a drug it could be alcohol those things never satisfy but there's one thing that if you ever try it will completely fill you and that is having a right relationship with jesus christ i'm going to tell you five things that will happen number one write this down quickly it means that he will give you not a little sandwich he's going to give you the entire deli when he fills you it's not just a little bit it's the whole thing When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't get a little part of Jesus. You get all of Jesus that there is to get. When you get saved, you do not get just a little bit of the Holy Spirit. I'll hear this prayer. Lord, give me more of the Spirit. When you get saved, you get all the Holy Spirit. The moment you get saved. The Holy Spirit does not show up in sections or in parts. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get all the Holy Spirit and when he gives you a little he doesn't give you just a little bit of satisfaction he gives you complete satisfaction number two it doesn't last just three hours it lasts forever it's why when he told the woman at the well if you drink this water you will never thirst again what was he saying he's saying once you try and he's he's not talking physically he's talking spiritually now that once you try jesus christ and you are in union with him you, all of a sudden you realize that all the things that you used to chase just don't really matter to you anymore because you're completely satisfied and you don't want anything else except that relationship with him. Number three, quickly, it's not just that you have access to the Word. You crave the Word. Okay, and that's what that hunger and thirst means. When you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you want, you crave this book, okay? You know, I don't compromise when I preach. How many of you know that? Some of you right now are just sitting there with your arms crossed and you're sitting on the Bible. And what that tells me is that you are not hungering and thirsting after righteousness sitting there. With your arms crossed, with the Bible underneath you. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Now, if you were starving to death and you've not had solid food for seven days, and I give you a loaf of bread and it's stale and it's got mold in it, and I go, Here you go, you haven't eaten in a week. No, here's a loaf of bread. Do you think you would take that loaf of bread and say, thank you, I want to sit on this for a little while? (laughs) Or would you open that thing up and start eating it so fast, mold or no mold, you couldn't feed yourself fast enough? That's what it means to hunger and thirst that Jesus is talking about. So don't tell me you hunger and thirst, that's right, you come just sit on the Bible all day. It's not having access to this book. It's that you crave this book. Number four, write this down. It's not going through the motions, it's unhindered worship. You see, a man who truly hungers and thirsts after the things of God, when you come to church to worship, it's unhindered, it's unbridled. But if all week long you've been living wrong, you've been swearing and cursing, and living wrong, living in sin. Maybe you're engaged in an immoral relationship. You've been looking at pornography. You've been engaged uh, texting someone you shouldn't be texting and uh, writing letters to someone you shouldn't be writing. You got all that stuff going on. It's very difficult for you to come to church when it comes to singing and really sing. You actually can't do it. You can't be out living for the devil six days a week and then Sunday you come to church. And when it comes to seeing, you stand there and sing. You cannot do it. You just kind of go through the motion. Oh, you look like you're doing it, but you're not doing it. Now, the old boy, uh, that all day Monday, he was serving God. And Tuesday, he was serving God. And Wednesday, he was serving God. And Thursday, he was praising God. And Friday, he was praising God. And Saturday, he was serving God. He comes to church, man, he, he lets it fly. He's ready to sing and worship and honor God because he can because he's been doing it all week long. You understand that? You understand that? Let's go to number five as we close. It means that you just don't know Jesus. It's not just about knowing of Jesus that you actually have a relationship with Jesus I've said everything I've said to bring you this one this one truth so I think most of you know know of Jesus you you know of Jesus it's why you're here see I I don't think you I don't think you knew the real meaning of the beatitude before you I think you do now I think you all know of Jesus but it's one thing to know him, it's another thing to actually have a relationship with him. And hungering and thirsting after righteousness is hungering and thirsting after having a right relationship with him. Now, I want to say something that's important. True righteousness comes not from anything that you do, because he did it all for you on the cross. It's not like you've got to come and I've got to do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do, got do this, and I gotta do this. No. It's about you being in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? And to hunger and thirst after righteousness means that no matter how far you have drifted away from God, no matter how hard you're pursuing the things of this world that will never ever satisfy you, go ahead and pursue them. Pursue them all you want. You'll always, be, you'll always thirst again. But if you would come today to Jesus and love him with all your heart and desire to be in a right relationship with jesus nothing else will matter to you oh yes satan will throw stuff up at you your past and your sins and he'll tempt you and he'll lead you as try but if you're in right relationship with jesus nothing else will matter and you'll be filled and you'll have complete satisfaction knowing that you're living directly in the will of god and nothing will be more important to you than having that relationship
2: We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, one thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there. And this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything.